started. Great. Hello. Hello, Aquarius. Nice to meet you, Sky hello. Blue. Hi. And hello, Hoi. Hello, hello. We can't see you, but we can hear you fine. Great. Beautiful. Okay, welcome to this first session or this first meeting of this ongoing possibility team uh, focusing on spaceholder skills. And I want to start by laying the some sort of ground rules or the rules of engagement of how this game will go. Uh, for some of you, I've shared these some of these rules uh, with you, and some not. So, one of the one of the way that I would I would want the space um, to go is that I ask for a certain level of consistency to for, to come to the call regularly, so you can keep building this mass of space holder, like this muscle of space holding, but also the matrix and the mass in you. And uh, that if you, whatever, don't show up for two or three or four calls in a row and don't communicate, I will just make it very simple and send you a message saying, I'll remove you from the group and I'll remove you from the group. And, um, and then if you wanna come back afterwards, then you'll have you just reach out back to me and probably I'll give you a there'll be a, a whatever an experiment or challenge um, to complete in terms of building this uh, whatever was in the way uh, of you being able to commit or to come here like regularly or some kind of cons consistency. So it, it probably is an emotional healing process or some kind of practice. So I I want to say that there's about maybe 10 more people who wanted to join uh, today and for um, the rest of the time. And I, I already, I, I gave them other experiments to do, to be able to build um, a, a matrix, a mass that they would be able to benefit from this space. So here you're really, some of you know each other and some of you probably have never met each other. Um, and, but most of you are really, uh, you've done a lot of work. You've done a, you've built matrix and you're already holding space uh, for your own spaces. And uh, this is really like what I would want in this space is that what we practice is not for you. Like really what we practice is, I mean, it will, you will, you'll feel the benefit in your own, you know, personal life and relationship and uh, your own context of your own, personal life, but really what we practice here is for the spaces that you hold. And so that, so this space is also fed by your own, your own edges and your own question and your own, like, I'm, I'm trying to hold space for possibility team and it keeps crashing or I'm, um, I want to build a game world that doesn't exist yet. And I can't find my team or when we meet with my team, it's not an extraordinary space. You know, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I know some, some of you and some of your edges, but I don't know what you've been up to for the past weeks or months or years. And so um, th that would be also something. So it, it is a possibility team where the point of a possibility team is that we do ask for possibility from each other. And I usually have whatever, something in my, um, in my shelf that I would wanna explore or practice with you um, and I don't, it's like, 
I, I'm not attached to it. So if you have something that is coming up and it's relevant to other people, then we shift and we practice, we practice something that is re relevant to us. And, but I, I noticed that, and that might be something useful for the spaces that you hold is that, um, cause we've been to school and we there's this limitation about what we can ask for or the, what are our edges or what is possible? There's a, school has put a limit on this, what is possible. And, and I think to some degree, we all still have this limitation and, and whatever we could call it in possibility management, we call it the box. But what I notice when I'm, I'm holding space is that, um, this is kind of a, a secret or, or a hint that I've discovered is that in the first meetings, I need to lay out the ground about what's possible to, to start expanding territories of, God, God, I didn't even know I could ask possibility for this. Oh, I, I didn't even know that I could practice this. I didn't even know this was a skill or I couldn't even, I don't, I knew there was something there, but I could not talk about it. Like all this, this stuff. And so um, I, I encourage you when you do spaces, so also possibility team, but most of your spaces is um, before um, expecting or wishing or hoping that people will feed the space. If you're the space holder or the space navigator, you need to go first. You need to be the one who feeds the space first uh, until the team can get, God, I can ask anything here. God, I, now I can learn how to go to my own edge. And I can practice going to my own edge and, and bring my own uh, vulnerability uh, and my own you know, unanswered question and my own unknown to uh, where I am. But this is usually not a, it, it is not natural for people who've been to school. So, so I, yeah, I mean, one of, I guess it's sort of one of the rules of engagement, but I would, I please uh, bring, bring you on edge, you on question, you on uh, lack of, like lack of possibility, something like that. And we'll, we'll work, we'll work with that. Okay. And yeah, we start on time. I'll do my best to end on time and Oh, okay, one more question. Is, is there a resistance for anybody if we started half hour later? We did 30 minutes later. Okay. So Eva and Ingrid and Maria, you have some resistance to that. Yeah. Any, can you, can you just say a few words? It's just bedtime for my son and if it's too late, during the week with school is difficult. Okay. I have a regular team meeting in, at my work, which I postponed today. And to postpone it even later would be more difficult for me. Okay. I only have a commitment at, it's half an hour. Oh, right now it's half an hour later than when we are meant to end. It's for two weeks after this week, so two more weeks. Okay. And so I would need to leave exactly on time. Okay. So it's not really a sense, it's just a clarification. 
Okay. I would say leave, let's leave it like that. It was, it was just one person, but one person doesn't really outweigh uh, kind of uh, disturbing the original time. So let's leave it at this time for now, and then we'll see uh, in the future. Okay. So is there any question about uh, logistical or rules of engagement about the team? Okay then, cool. Mm, so I would wanna, I, I, would, I would wanna start with asking if any of you right today come, come in with a burning question, a burning need, like what, yeah, what, what is an edge that you're wanting, like wanting to work with, wanting to explore, wanting to stretch? Does anybody have that? My edge right now is about opening into group spaces. I feel uh, confident with one-on-one -on -one spaces or small group spaces, but with launching a container to hold space for more than three people, I'm having some resistance. Can you say what the resistance is? Do, have you? Yes, it's uh, probably an emotional healing process about belonging and uh, rejection. That um, stepping into a role of service more broadly, um, I've, only, I've only held containers one-to-one -one or in small groups for people who've asked me for those containers specifically. And so, opening a container where there's no one in, um, like no one person has committed to the container before I say this, this is available. Mm -hmm. And then opening myself to welcoming whomever comes and trusting that even if it's just one other person that is of service. Well, thank you. Changing an ordinary space into an extraordinary space. Can you give an example, um, Phyllis, of moment like that you've tried and it didn't work, or what do you what do you mean? When ordinary topics of conversation with people who uh, have not explored this work are ha are occurring. And there are times when I can change it into a more extraordinary conversation. And there are times when I'm not able to. So just some more help with that. Just some more ideas or more, um, yeah, some other possibilities around it. Cool, thank you. My necessity is to bring uh, nonlinearity into spaces. So shifting the space. Can you can you talk about um, what you noticed about your own linearity? Yeah, I, I often go into very like ordinary, and uh, yeah, there is some some fear to to shift the space. So, 
So I just want to say, Jacobo, um, even an, an extraordinary space can be linear. Like there also, extraordinary space also has linearity. It can. It is, there's more usually nonlinearity. You know, if I have a percentage, it's probably 80% nonlinear and 20% and linear. And so those things are different, whether this, you know, the linear or nonlinear or ordinary, extraordinary are a different distinction. So can you, can you uh, be more precise about what, how do you notice your own linearity or your lack of nonlinearity? How do I know? Yeah, there's there's like some resistance or fear in like like shifting identities or shifting yeah this the space somehow this like this fear for me to go into into that. Okay. Like a blockage. Okay, thank you. I also have um, shifting identity in spaces. I just like this embarrassment that comes up in me and um, something, yeah, like fear and sadness. And um, also um, I'm running an intimacy cafe in two weeks and I want to like practice setting like a context where what you said is like, like this possibility of um, the the perceived impossibility, like so, like really setting the space so that people will just like create the necessity because it's also it's many it's only for people that have a PM context and so they already have a matrix and so it's like here's a space go um, create your necessity anything is possible and for people to go. Cool. I, so I just want to say something about uh, Intimacy Cafe, because uh, what I notice, because I've tried to build them online, you know, to do them online, mostly, I don't think I've done some, uh, like, one-off physically. And what I notice is, even with people who, quote-unquote, have possibility management context, we're still stuck in our box. If we don't have a thing that pulls the rug out, the, the rug out of under our feet or puts us in a liquid state, even with all the context that we need, we're still stuck in um, our, our comfort zone. And the, the magical results of this, the intimacy cafe in labs is, is the lab, you know, is all this lab context and process and, um, and initiation that is happening just before that people can completely fall into this extraordinary archetypal space of deep connection. And so your question is relevant about, okay, how do you build that in uh, 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes uh, before people can actually make use of that space and be fed uh, to that degree? And so I think it's, it's a really relevant question to not just assume that people will uh, go liquid by themselves. And if I can give, yeah, go ahead. I wanna add to that because I, um... I recognize like I, I did a process in the last um, woman's lab we did and I wanted to bring the process. So I'm now practicing this process with other women and I'm noticing that it's not possible to do exactly the same as in the lab. So it's similar what you just expressed, like there's such a high uh, presence and, and the box is so 
you know, blown that that was possible then in the process. And so it's this, yeah, how to baby step it back and like make it a step process rather than going straight into what, what I imagine would be possible. Can you, what's the process that you do? I call it, I call it the Florence process because it's, um, so I stepped into my vagina, which is called Florence and uh, I stepped into her and then someone else was me. And, and so it was quite a healing process also for the women that were present in the space. And so now I'm doing this with other women, but it's not possible for them to just straight step into their vagina. Um, there's, yeah, there's box resistance, there's child stuff coming up. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I think that it's worth researching about, okay, how do you, uh, you do, how do you build a 20 minute process that might have, you know, one or two parts that builds up to that level of vulnerability. And so if you, if you come up with something and you want to send it in the group and, you know, get feedback and coaching, you know, would this work or not work, or can somebody try it with me? You know, you can ask one of the women here and, 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 and try it. Mm. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. I faced also, uh, I did for the first time or started a rage club, uh, one online and one in person. And um, in the person group, I found it more difficult uh, or I needed more rage also. And these are elderly people, every, except one person, everybody is above 65. And what I felt is, well, I'm questioning myself, yeah, I had the impression that I had some enmeshment of parent ego state. So I'm falling back into my own school experiences and become, go into a teacher or something like that. And, and for this, this would, uh, would help me. And what I also noticed is I, I was... Um, uh, I was hooked uh, one one time, but I didn't. I was not conscious during the uh, during during the space. Only later, and I think this that this was also gremlin enmeshment. I I I pretended to to be in an adult ego state, but I was not. L later, I noticed I was simply not. I was hooked, and I didn't notice. So I would like to. To, to have some help, skills, feedback, whatever around this. Great. I have a possibility for you that has nothing to do with what you asked, but maybe it does. Okay. There is this identity of being elder. And, and I don't think it's a helpful identity. I think it's a modern culture. I have retired uh, I'm, I don't, it's the end of my life or I don't, I, you know, I don't really know what it is, but the way that you even said it, it was like, it was this whole, I, you know, identity space of elderly people. And I think it would be worth, uh, going into even your rage club about what is that about? Like what, what kind of prison is that? And how, how do we escape that prison? And yeah, because this, I, I was listening to 
uh, Barbara Max Hubbard was interviewed by Clinton uh, Callahan doing the Guy and Road team, and the, the interview was just put up online. And at the end, or so, somewhere she says, in this path of evolution, age does not matter. And so she's what she died like four years after the interview. And, and Clinton, you know, whatever, at the time, there seemed to be a big age difference, but she looks at him and says, I, I can see that. I am with you. You know, I, I, there's no, you're younger than me. And so therefore I'm the authority figure or I'm the elder, or it's like age does not matter because on this learning spiral, we always at the edge. What, however, whatever physical age we are, we're, we're at the age of our own box and our own um, learning, like learning curve. And so anyway, that would be a possibility. Thank you, yeah. Thank you. I would like to ask for possibilities uh, for how to land the distinctions. Mm, and it's mostly about, I, I have a fear uh, that, uh, that I, that my distinct sometimes someone asks me some something or I want to um, somebody says something out of the context of PM and I want to uh, use PM distinctions I, and I don't think they land uh, good. So uh, my question is how can I, maybe better choose them or how can I practice this skill? One possibility that I would suggest is to really um, check in with the distinctions that you're bringing that they totally sit in your body so there isn't a soul or an am and a, there's a certain clarity within you that brings them really forward with a sword and it's those distinctions that you're living and that are alive in you that yeah that 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 energy comes forward with when you bring them yeah, yeah i can feel that and uh, how can i do this to to make them like uh, root in me and like practice practice and bring them to everyone you know like go and have a go at the supermarket and talk to the lady at the supermarket practice in all the spaces that you move so it's not just a practice ground when you're actually holding space and separating that out as that is the space to bring them make it a more ongoing day-to-day -day practice and get feedback and coaching did you did that land in you did you how how yeah can you give give back to me yeah. what what and how it landed. There's a whole website called Distinctionary. Some I heard some, one woman, uh, Mia Glick, uh, actually printed the 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 this the Distinctionary and was giving it to her friends. She was like, "Read this." She printed it, the whole thing. It's like fifty or sixty pages, and then she made a. <laughs> Uh, she did a study group just reading, just reading the distinction. And then when somebody would have a question or somebody would, or she would have an impulse, they would talk about it. They, they would really get, okay, what does this really mean? What, 
what, you know, how, how does this really apply to your life or my life? Like in what way, um, uh, yeah, in what way are we fooling ourselves about it? You know, are we, we think we, ha we have the distinction, you know, you can't ever have a distinction. Um, but anyway, I think that's um, a fantastic opening. Also, Phyllis, you were asking for how to shift from ordinary to extraordinary, you just bring the distinctionary say, look, what if we read this together and, and just like put it around? And, and yeah. or I mean, I often do that we because uh, I travel and I only have a 10 kilo carry on. So I read books and then I, I have to give them away. And usually there are books with, that are full with distinction and experiences and um, kind of next culture settings. And, I, and then I get to leave them at people's house. I just leave it on a, you know, on a, a kitchen table or at the entrance. And it's just it's sort of a, a legend that I leave behind. So there's stuff like that that you can do. And uh, I heard many stories of people who discovered possibility management because a book was left behind. Maria is here <laughs> in a hotel in Peru. So um, you could do stuff for people, like open doors like that. That would also be the place for postcards then in Indeed. random places. Indeed, yeah. yeah. So Carol, I hear you. I, I got your, your request. Thank you. Thank you. Anything? I got a possibility coming for Carol. Will it be a good time to share it now? Go ahead. Yeah, I hear, I hear that you mentioned that something uh, around like uh, you uh, working with other people and uh, maybe these people not getting, not, not landing the distinctions. Um, it was coming as a, like a slow development of matrix inside of them and inside of yourself. like. And like the, the possibility that was coming is to ask more questions instead of like like telling like this is this this is that like like let it develop inside yourself and other uh, through questions and through meaningful questions like yeah like a lot like how is this meaningful to you how does it affect your life how it is uh, practical in your daily life how can you bring it more to your awareness in the everyday. That, that's a possibility I want to share, asking question, the, the art of questioning, starting the art of questioning. Question, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Anybody else has an, an edge right now that you would like to bring in? I have two. <clears throat> One is before, so how to bring or to convince or attract people to join uh, this kind of spaces. And uh, the other point is um, if I'm in a group with completely new people, I'm almost dying because I, I don't know, I don't have the trust or I have the feeling that I have to deliver or to perfect or whatever. And as soon as I know the people and I know that they are not dangerous or whatever uh, then it's super easy but 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 this little gap from knowing them and not knowing them it's like almost killing me okay thank you for I me have... I... Maren. 
Oh, thank you, Monica. Um, for me, I realized for myself that I uh, deny to hold uh, big, bigger spaces. Uh, I, it's okay for me to hold spaces with uh, one, or, uh, with two or three people. That's that's all right. Uh, and um, but if I take bigger spaces, um, I, I realize um, that I um, I'm I, I have have. Um, and in, in harmony. So uh, I realized that I that I um, stand there and I lost one of my bodies and it's uh, it belongs to the gremlins in the space, which body I lose. And uh, if, if I if, if this happens, then I um, then I then I start to to manipulate the space. Uh, so I realized for myself that I, if I start to manipulate, uh, then I lost one of my body. And um, Marin, is it is it always a different one, or is it always the same one? Or mm, it's no, it's 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 it, it, I, it no, it's it's every time the same. Same. If it's it's not doesn't belong to belong to the body. It's it's only one body. If I lose my emo emotional body, uh, I split it up. In some case, um, then um, then I, I start to manipulate. So it's it's you always you lose your emotional body. That's the body that you lose in the space. No, I lose everybody. Uh, yeah. I could lose everybody. Okay. So I could lose. Uh, the control over my physical body so i couldn't speak anymore i could lose the control over my uh energetic body so i get lost in in the space uh it, it could happen every time and it really belongs to the gremlins which are in the space i i, I couldn't protect myself there uh, good enough um and um yes and so and i and i uh, it's it's getting better and better now, but uh, it's um, I seek for something like um, the German word would be a Rettungsanker to come back to myself, like an anchor. Yeah, uh, coming like back like an anchor. Way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because because I, I don't start these places because I'm so afraid of this. Um, if this effect effect will come, because I couldn't, it could be that I couldn't uh, help me anymore. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. I have also two things I'm exploring already, but um, love possibilities for one is I have the opposite, and I've done a, a couple of emotional healing processes about it, but. I like working with at least two, but preferably bigger groups. Like working one-on-one -on -one is a is a challenge for me to bring all my energy just to one person. There's, yeah, there's something there for me. <clears throat> and the other question I have is how to bring a total um, new context into possibility management and letting it become visible and um yeah like what i do which which is the embodiment of possibility management i want to take steps towards making it visible of what i do and yeah like i yeah i'd love some ideas around that well just in terms of um so 
I hear you. I mean, I'm, we're collecting here things that we could all work, you know, we collecting edges so we could all work on these edges sort of at the same time in nonlinear ways. But just in terms of your research with that in the next few weeks and months, if you orient yourself towards bringing a totally new context into possibility management, then what you're trying to do is to invade the context of possibility management with your context. And the context of possibility management is pretty well defended against invasion of, for, of mixed context. We, Just let me correct that it isn't okay. it isn't new because everything I'm doing is possibility management, but it's not it doesn't exist as an expression of movement. So yeah, what I'm saying is you're still trying to bring the context into mm -hmm. possibility management, which mm, I get why you've not been succeeding at it because the context of possibility management is pretty well defended against mixing context but what you can do is to is to create your own game world and have people from the context of possibility management be fed by your own context be completely fed and have new possibilities and new tools that they can bring if they want to into their game world you know into their spaces but that that's a completely different orientation that you would need to stand on your own in your own game world, really in your own game world saying, I'm, I'm a representation, you know, I'm taking a stand, I, I hold space for this game. And it's not just possibility management. It is not just possibility management. And, um, it, and it, 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 you know, because you've been delivering it, people have been coming to it, it serves people. And so, but then the next step is how do you, then you can uh, deliver it, offer it, um, invoke people that you know who play in the game world of possibility management to come and get tools that they don't get from, from where they are. You know, that's a completely different orientation. Do you get the difference? Um, yes, and I think there's still some unclarity in the space of what I think I'm doing and what you think I'm doing. So, okay. yeah, that's a deeper conversation. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I have to, I have two things, and the first one just developed itself while I was hearing everybody because I'm at the edge of uh, facing a lack of commitment or lack of curiosity of the participants or um, it's which which it's kind of probably low drama where I am in and maybe this is a good uh, possibility to have a emotional healing process but I now when you were talking about the possibility management context I realized in the second that my first online rage club um, I was not that that happy about that because I realized that I I can't bring the full context of rage club from the possibility because it was I would bring the people to such a I mean to the edge and they will they will jump out they will go away it would be just too much for them and I think this is where my disappointment is coming from because 
for me, the Rage Club doesn't work without possibility management context. I mean, and to do something else with that makes me weak and yes, and there is no really like rage, like this energy which gives me the energy back. And um, so I, I can't crystallize this uh, so well. I think there it's also like I'm missing my clarity also what what I'm what what I would like to do with people that are not committed or do I work with them or am I or I just leave them how they are and I don't have an answer yet and the second one is the the I'm 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 on the edge with the online format I I feel myself much stronger with my body like when I am present like in the offline trainings in the front of the people i can see them better i can i have a better sensation and this is my strength and i'm losing that when i have this online in the small windows and i don't see the people in the in the full presence so yes this is this is what i would like to practice how can i yes how can i feel it better Cool. I just have, it's a couple of hints, um, yeah. not much, but um, the lack of your the commitment or curiosity of your participant uh, could be a reflection of your own lack of commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Could so be, yeah. I think you kind of got that or said that. And so, okay, that's something you can work with. Mm. Um, and, and I think I want to bring something in today and I, I'd like to start soon so we have time to do it. And I, I think it will, um, might reveal something about that. You might, yeah, get something about that. And then this, um, this edge about the online, uh, you might want to talk to either Anika or Sibylla or Carol here who, or, or Jacopo who are in the current Rage Club Spaceholder training. And we're doing a practice about attention. And uh, attention, to work with your attention is different when you're in a physical format or in an online format. And it could be that you're uh, limiting your field of attention online. Mm -hmm. And so that's why mm -hmm. you feel like you can't scan or you, you don't get the people. Mm -hmm. um, so just reach out to one of them and they can tell you what the practice is. Okay, great, cool. thank you. Thank you. I have a second one that just came up about turning. I have a lot of, I, I related with, with what Ingrid said about the teacher, parents, ego state and one of the ways that man or the main way that manifests for me in holding space is I have really strong intuition and sometimes that manifests as answers for people but I really want to turn those things into questions and continue to go back into the unknown and not try to make anything known for anyone else to keep asking myself questions internally but also turn my intuition into question does that make sense yes yeah totally Okay, thank you. So I, I think um, today I wanted to work with the, really researching this, uh, what we call vulnerability in space holding. And that I think a lot of what um, a lot of you talked about is how to have access to this vulnerability and, and um, 
I want to first sort of check out what what is how do how have we wired vulnerability inside of us? You know how what is our relationship to vulnerability? And and um, just before we go into, I'd like to do this in groups. I'll explain how I would like to do this research. I just want to say, if, especially if you're holding space for possibility team like that, where there's 10 people who just ask for it seemingly different possibilities, or even in Rage Club where people, you know, check in and bringing their own edge about their own rage. Um, what I notice in spaces of healing and transformation is that both of those things are nonlinear. And so uh, trying to solve a problem is not transformation. So when you're a space holder, if you're trying to solve a problem, you exit being a space holder and then you become this rescuer, this question answering machine. And this is really not the point. The point is this space holding is how can you um, build, uh, you know, how can you expand consciousness while being in connection with others who are expanding their consciousness? And all of a sudden, what seemed to be uh, problems or issues or um, got, get totally new possibilities and not out of trying to solve it, but out of this expanded consciousness. So I am, and, and the, how I trust that is, or in terms of, it's also, uh, you know, well, how do, what do you do next? If you're in a space like that, where you're not trying to solve people's problem, then what do you, you know, what do you offer? What's the space that you create? And uh, my, whatever, the way I do it is, I trust that what I do is what the space wants. Like what, what I want is what the space wants or what the space needs. And of course, I've got a lot of beeps about that. And, and often the beeps means, well, actually, what I brought was my own emotional healing process and it had nothing to do with the space. Okay, I go for my emotional healing process and I hold space for the next space. Um, but this st starting to have this radical reliance on uh, your own edge, your own question, your own is uh what is the, what is there to practice in the space Something like that so uh so this is very convenient for me because now i can bring what i want to all of you <laughs> i have a very good explanation for it um so yeah this thing about vulnerability so i would like to do it in groups of three where we ask each other question to get to the the bottom kind of like the what is your relationship to vulnerability? And um, the, the possibility here, the invitation is, don't try to answer it with a philosoph you know, philosophical new age concept of what I think being vulnerable means. It's not that. You, you, one way that you can do it is you choose a moment where you felt that you were vulnerable or you felt that you could not be vulnerable and what was going on there. What was the reaction, the ideas, the the experience of quote unquote being vulnerable. Does that make sense in terms of also, so there will be in groups of three and there's two people asking one, one person questions to kind of unfold, kind of dive into this 
what I would call the meme. What is your thoughtware of, of vulnerability? What is your meme that you have about uh, vulnerability? And we won't have so much time. So it's like about four minutes. So just go straight into it. And then I'll, I'll let you know when to shift to the next person. Okay. Cool, here we go. Hello. Hello. Are we waiting for one more? No, it's just the two of us. All righty. Are you okay if I start asking you a question? Yes. Okay, so Roy, please tell me how, what is your relationship to vulnerability? Um, it's a development uh, relationship in development. Uh, it's uh, something it's saying like connected, like what's connected with myself, like what my true self when I'm not uh, wanting to run away or survive or play uh, play a game with a, a, another. Uh, my vulnerability is um, uh, when oh, I feel, can you, uh, can you Would you yes. speak a little slower? And you might want to close your eyes to do this. So to close yes. your eyes and All go right. inside of this territory of you of being vulnerable and kind of tell me how it goes. I have, uh, I, I feel a doubt, I feel doubt inside of myself. Uh, it almost feels like a place of pain from the experiences. Uh, feeling oh, wait, uh, like I've been like I've been spotted. Just keep your eyes closed. I'm pausing you. Here we're working with these four feelings: anger, sadness, fear, and joy. So which yes. one is it? Uh, fear. I feel okay. fear right now. Mm -hmm. Um. I feel fear because I don't know, I don't know what what's happening, or I don't know uh, like if I'm uh, doing something appropriate or inappropriate. Um, I feel fear of my own mistakes, uh, of my of my doing, of my uh, unconscious behavior. Yeah, I feel mainly right now is uh, fear. Fear. And how is that related to you being vulnerable? In that vulnerable place, like I have no nothing covering me, nothing uh, nothing sheltering me, nothing in between me and what's being uh, perceived as a threat. Uh, and you feel uh, scary and cold, and um, 
And uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like my my uh, almost like my uh, uh, defense mechanism, like almost like something defending and like protecting, and uh, something that is protecting there inside of that vulnerability. And uh, it it tells me I'm not alone. Like it tells me. Hoy, can you just uh, that pa- it's okay just to pause. be vulnerable? Can you just pause for a second? Yeah. I need to write and I want to hear what you're saying. Can you say the last thing again? You said I'm there's something trying to to shelter me, to protect me. Is that yeah? Uh, yes, uh, something uh, well, I felt it like it was uh, like maybe shown up in the form of anger. And like a protection of uh, like uh, like an awareness if there is uh, anything around uh, of like there is a real danger and that there is something truthful that I need to be scared of. What's um, the real? Wait, wait, wait. S- slow down a bit. What's the real danger? Yes. Um, well, the the element right now, the the cold, the wet. Um, the people that are uh, in very dangerous uh, fantasy worlds. Um, oh, sorry, can you uh, put the microphone so, closer yeah. to your um, mouth so I can hear you a little better? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's better. Thank yes. Uh, yeah, danger. I, the other danger that came of of uh, burning burning bridges, burning my relationships burning bridges between my relationship uh, and uh, this is the, the danger okay and how being, uh, completely defenseless okay yes. how and how is that related to vulner- your vulnerabilities and in in also relationship of space holding like being vulnerable as a space holder uh-huh because it blocks me. It block. It blocks me from uh, from being uh, humble. It blocks me from connecting eye to eye to the other people in the in the that are in the in the meeting or in the team. Uh, it blocks me from my box reacting. Uh, I I don't allow it. I don't allow my vulnerability to come out so easily. Um, maybe that's an assumption or just something that I'm saying right now, but it feels it feels that yeah, like sometimes like I keep a shell, a shell, uh, something protecting uh, my being, and that the vulnerability is like the, the the flesh, like the like the softness, the 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 gentle. Okay. If you, mm. Yeah, come to a close and you can open your eyes. Thank you. Um, Hoi, uh, just, um, I want you to ask me questions. I just want to ask, do you know that there's a emotional healing process collaboration group on Telegram? Have you heard about this? No, I didn't know. 
Okay, so I'll send the link for everybody in the team because it's such a precious space where you can start uh, learning how to feel and going through this process. Like you say, this block, it's really there. And you, it's, it's a pretty simple process. It is you know, a feeling process, but it's a pretty simple process to remove that block if you have changed your mind about it. So that would be a space where you can do that with people who can hold space for you. That sounds great. Cool. That sounds really good. Thank you. Okay, yeah. would you um, you ask me? Yeah. Okay, to ask a question right now. Yeah. Um, uh, and Chloe, what uh, can you tell me about your relationship with your vulnerability? I got to think about this a bit while I was, wait, I need to send this message and then, okay. And I realized, for example, in this team that I have to be vulnerable. Otherwise it, it doesn't work. And I'm not saying that I, I am perfectly vulnerable because I don't think that's true, but to the degree that I can right now, and it's, I think it has both, anyway, for me, in the way it is, it's like, it has something to do with both uh, caring immensely for the people around me and, and at the same time, never compromising the space that I'm holding, never being adaptive never to what other people want. Mm -hmm. and, and to say, I, I care about you and I care about this. And, and I think how, this question of, okay, how to build a bridge between I care about this and I care about you. And mm -hmm. and I think this, the vulnerability is, is how to build that bridge that is, is unknown, is unknown. Something's unknown. Um, so you, you talked about um, having, uh, you have to be um, vulnerable for this work that you're doing. Can you put, sorry, and, uh, can you put your microphone just a little closer so I can yes. hear you? Thank you. Yes, I heard at the beginning that you said um, you have to be uh, vulnerable in the in this uh, group. Is that, how, how, is, how does that feel like? And what is your biggest challenge right now with it? The biggest challenge with my vulnerability is to, it's this not compromising. It's not compromising myself and having integrity for my context in ways that I don't know yet how to. And, um, and, and, to, and to do that without losing this care for the others. And I, it's sort of like if there's a middle way, I think I've, I've been a lot in this care for others and I'm afraid I need to go the other way and, and lose this, this care for others. And mm, it's, 
Okay, but that would be it to how to be even more fierce, even more un, unwilling to play any role ever. Um, yeah, something like that. Mm, thank you. I hear uh, uncompromising, uncompromising, uh, and still like being able to feel vulnerable uh, while still caring for the other. Like where you still like remaining in that love uh, for for what you're doing and for for the other. Um, and I like going into this place of uh, non non adapting to uh, to the to what the other. Um, is is pain or uh, not adapting uh, and content, like being still in the space of uh, place holding um, where you have the the vulnerability, being able to be vulnerable. Yeah, I think does that, that sound right? Yeah. Would you send me? Could you type in those notes and send them to me after the call? Yes. I'll yes, do this next for yours. Yeah. Thank you. All right, okay. that'd be great. Thank you, Anna. Would two or three people report on what you discovered about your, what is your thoughtware, your relationship to vulnerability? Something that surprised you or, um, yeah. I, I found have, there is um, like a fantasy hierarchy in myself. Like my gremlin goes, well, I'm weak if I, if I, if I, I'm vulnerable and I, um, I, I'm not going to like give in or something like that. Like I, I need to be, hold the space here otherwise I'm I might fall below the, the person that's vulnerable mm. okay so you have it sort of like this if vulnerability is being weak or falling below or not you, you this vulnerability and holding space seems to clash seems to not live together okay thank you Sibylla I had if I if I allow myself to be vulnerable, then I will lose the space. And also this isn't the space for me to be vulnerable. This is, so I, I, I go a little bit and then I give the space to others. And there's something deeper there that I don't really deserve to go into vulnerability in this space because it's, I'm creating the space for others to go there. Okay, in that in that way, then what is what do you mean by being vulnerable? Like I, I I don't allow myself to be vulnerable. I don't deserve to be vulnerable. Other people, I give the space to for others. What what does that then it means? It's opening to a degree where where it's important that other people are on board to hold the space for that person so is it as a weakness in there so there's a yeah vulnerability equals weakness which mean equals space holding is is 
yeah, the space needs to be safe. I, I, I see myself as creating a safe space, which is bullshit. I can already, yeah, know yeah, that. But, so, Sibylla, the point is not to judge it, it's to really just look at it. So really mm. just look at it and be like, okay, this is really operating in me yeah. or, you know, in us. So, yeah. Cool. To me, to me it, it sounds like it's your child that's, that's making those statements, Sibylla. Hmm. And and yeah. like your child wanting because like the deserving part sounds to me like yeah I want to go into my emotions and I can't or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't. I, I should. So yeah. Yeah, and then you have vulnerability equals going into my emotions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that is that's the line for me. Thank you, Uncle Louis. Thank you, Joseph, go ahead. I just covered kind of two layers. When, when I feel an emotion like sadness or, or fear, and I'd, I'd like to, 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 to share it. Um, if I am identified with the sadness and uh, maybe in the child state, um, I would be very terrified to, to show that and, and to be that because of course, the risk of being judged would also be much higher. But if I'm centered and if I'm in my adult uh, mode, then I and I have this anger present. I can I can um, also show my my emotion of my anger and my sadness, and I will not lose. Uh, in my sense, I would not lose uh, my power. So it makes a big difference um, if I'm centered or if I'm not centered when I'm vulnerable. Okay, thank you. Uh, so um, I, I would just, um, in this space, we don't use this raise, raise the hand. I, I would rather that we use our voice. Yeah, it's just good. cool and yeah. So use your voice and bring us up in the space. Sounds good. Yeah, my, my resistance, okay. Oh, okay, I'll do it next. My resistance uh, of, of being in that space uh, is often uh, like this fear of taking taking space and taking other people's time, like taking time that could be used in a different way. So, so you have vulnerability equals wasting people's time. Taking space, wasting people's time. Okay, so, but because why? Yeah, it's it's like taking time that could be used in a more uh, in a different way, like to 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 be, yeah, in a different way. Okay, but what is the way that you would be using it if you were vulnerable? Jacopo, you're looking in your head, which won't really help you. Because you already you can you already know if you want it to be different that there's a way that you don't want it to be this way. Well, can you describe what is this way? What is the vulnerable way? What is the way that would be wasting time? Try to close your eyes and look in. Yeah, there's something like that 
that is yeah my vulnerability is not that precious or like doesn't okay you're saying what it is not try to say what it is how do you relate to it it's Jacopo is it happening right now yes okay go there Mm. It, it might help to say that what you feel. I feel. I feel fear of taking taking time, taking space. Fear of taking yeah other people time. And what would we be taking? I'll open the third door for you. Just I'll open the last door for you. So what would we, we be taking our time with? What would, be, what would we be taking our time with? What are we wasting our time with? Wasting time with uh, me being vulnerable or like, yeah, looking at me. Okay. You can open your eyes when you're ready, Jacopo. So thank you for trying this. I We opened three doors. I opened one and then Anika opened one and then I opened another one. And at the end, we were coming back in a circle that, you know, I the problem is me being vulnerable, but it might be um, worth for you to investigate about what does it mean? What do you really mean by even right now, what did it mean for you to be vulnerable? And so you, it really helps to close your eyes and then to go into yourself, into your construct, into God, what is it like inside of Jacopo? What is it like to be me? That's really the question here. And it's, it's, um, it's so rare that we ask ourselves that question, that this, this really, with you know neutrally like without judgment what is it like to live inside of myself how does it go and just observe no judgment so if you if you do that during the weekend you find out something please let us know okay okay yeah thank you, thank you. cool sky blue go ahead so when i tried to tune into what it felt to me to be vulnerable last time it happened i kind of discovered this notion of me creating a container of explanations and possibilities of being in a particular situation and sort of having this feeling that i thought everything through and i've explained everything for myself and i've created all like a complete set of possibilities of what might be happening and when i actually felt vulnerable what was happening is that I was kind of holding on to that container of possibilities while the other person was trying to offer an entirely new possibility. And me just feeling defensive about it, feeling like, no, I already thought this through. 
who do you think I am? I, I know, I know myself. I know um, what's happening here. So, opening up to possibilities that I have not seen before is what felt like actually becoming more vulnerable, and it was a very squeaky, very uncomfortable, uncomfortable feeling to to go there to just say, okay, yeah, I haven't thought about it, and it's a possibility. So that's what landed. Cool. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else? I had, um, this is like mixed with some things that I've been in the process of researching for some time, but <clears throat> one thing is, who am I if I'm vulnerable? And <clears throat> it's, it's like, who am I if I'm vulnerable slash is my natural, authentic, sovereign state vulnerable? And then the other piece is about really remaining in my center with a bubble of space or however, like, is about protection. That I have a story that protection looks like, of what protection looks like, that it's, um, that I have to do it myself, that like me, Maria, it, like in the conversation, I have to put some of my attention to protect myself in order to be in communication or connection with another person, instead of trusting that once I set up the protection or call in the protection or however it works, that I can let it go with my attention and be there 100% with the other person. Thank you. Cool. Phyllis. I think I, what I realize is I have this big thing about, and I, I'm pretty sure it's child ego state around crossing people's boundaries. And I get this sense that I might be crossing a boundary and, and sometimes I, and sometimes I don't really know. I just don't want to cross the boundary. And I think it's, I think it's that child ego state of fear of getting in trouble or, or um, being yelled at or something like that. <laughs> or being embarrassed. There's, there's like this embarrassment about it if I do cross a boundary. How is that related to being, you mean when you're being vulnerable, you're afraid of crossing other people's boundary. Is that okay? okay. Okay. Well, I have, that could be a research question, which I found anyway, fascinating is it seems to me that there's different kinds of boundaries and at least two kinds. There are boundaries that are made um, to, oh God, to be, um, to not let yourself be abused in all five bodies that you would make a boundary, you know, you know, it or some people it, it do not touch me without me giving permission you know that's a boundary and it's uh you're protecting somebody to invade your space to own you to you know if it's a man you know to uh have this patriarchal assumption that they can own a woman or so on and so on I and mean, you know you've made boundaries before 
And then there's boundaries that we keep to protect our box. There's the boundaries that we make to protect our box. And those are very, it's a very different purpose. So it's the kind of um, politically correct boundaries. We are not allowed to talk about this. You're not allowed to feel in my presence. You know, and it's like, uh, those are not true. They're not, I would not call it authentic boundaries. They're boundaries to protect the survival, uh, comfort, you know, comfortable box setting. And um, yeah, if you're going to hold space, you be a you'll be a danger for those boundaries. You'll be a dangerous for those boundaries. And so you can start researching in yourself. You know, that if you can look in yourself, then you can see in others. Okay, which one, which one are my true boundaries and which one is the one that I've set to protect uh, my comfort, my box. And then you can notice it in others and you can, I think in me, I sort of have a sense of, I can respect, you know, I can be with an authentic boundary and I can refuse to abide by box boundaries. I just refuse to abide by them. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I have something uh, different. Um, I, I found for myself my relationship to, to the vulnerable, I did the English word, um, to Verletzlichkeit um, is um, that I'm trying to be every time in this, uh, to be vulnerable. Um, because if I don't be vulnerable, then I have the feeling that I lie. So if I have to uh, to lose this, uh, to, to, to go out of the space of being vulnerable, um, then I um, get in insecure because, uh, because I, I, then I think my shadows will come. But so, Maren, so are you, so you're equating being vulnerable with not lying? Yes. Okay, so for you, that was, inter that was interesting to find. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. I. There, okay, Dorothea, go ahead. Yeah. There is this contradiction, and on one side, when I make myself vulnerable, um, it's um, it's a space to, to relate and to. Um, open actually very precious uh, spaces. But on the other hand, if I am vulnerable and there is not this safe space or that I can't trust the people and people go against me with that, it can destroy me completely. And my question now is, um, as we go in the 100% uh, responsibility, is there a possibility that uh, to show myself being vulnerable doesn't bring me to the um, to the point that I can that I'm dependent on how the other people are that they can destroy me. And uh, what Joseph said was maybe in the first moment something okay. Try to be centered. This can maybe help. But on the other hand, I think when I'm really vulnerable, that from my experience is that because I'm not centered or maybe not all the time, it depends on the space, but uh, if I don't feel the safe space and I feel vulnerable, I'm actually not centered. So how 
how can I center not to be dependent? Oh, it's chaotic what I'm telling now, but you maybe you understand my, my confusion. Well, Dorothea, I think that's what it's like inside of you. I think this, it's, it's really, you, this confusion exists inside of you. And so, okay, well, we're looking at it, that there's, there's this and it pulls this and it goes this, and maybe what about this? And it really is a reflection of your inner structure. And when it's only when you start looking at it that you can start being, do I want to keep a confused inner structure or can I build an inner structure that serves me more in as a space holder? You know, we're having this conversation about holding space. And so something like that. I mean, I'm having this conversation about vulnerability because uh, this is what I was sharing with Rohe is, I think it seems to me that it's impossible to hold a truly uh, next culture transformational space as a space holder if I'm not in the space, if I'm not vulnerable in the space. And then, and then if we carry this old thoughtware of vulnerability, like um, I think, Anyway, this is my, this old thought where of, well, vulnerability is em emotional or it's weak or uh, I, you know, I have to be, being vulnerable means I have to be a victim. You know, I have to not know, I have to, uh, so, you know, if I'm vulnerable, then other people have to rescue me. Something, you know, kind of this old uh, thought where then, then we go away from vulnerability and move into this, like some of them, some of you said, you know, this parent or knowing or uh, gremlin or um, safe, like, like Monica, you were saying, like, I'm staying in a safe place for myself. And without my own curiosity, I can't bring the participant in their own curiosity. And so I've just been thinking about this and I, um, I, I came up with this possible um, other thoughtware for vulnerability. And it would go something like this. And, and I, it's an offer that being vulnerable is really about caring. And it's about caring about two things. It's about caring about the people that are in your space. You care about their being, their commitment, their evolution, their necessity, their need of possibility. You care about the potential, what is possible. And at the same time, both, you know, to a hundred percent, you don't split it. At the same time, you care as much about your context. You care about what you care about and that you can be in the space with people that you care about and never compromise uh, your, the integrity that you have towards yourself, towards your context, that you never, you never choose to be adaptive to what they want. And, and then the vulnerability happens of, okay, how do I build a bridge between these people that I care about and they, have, they care about something and what I care about? How do we, how do we encounter ourselves in this uh, care? And so it would be something, and it's very different from like being vulnerable is having an emotional healing process. I mean, going in an emotional healing process is being vulnerable because uh, that is also being in integrity with 
your own context. Healing is part of your context. And, but, and there's a lot of other ways to be vulnerable. And so I, I still would want to sort of give it a try to practice this, that we'll go in, in pairs and we won't have so much time. It'd just be four minutes, but you look at this person across from you and you, you commit to caring about them. You commit to caring about them and you commit to your own context and what you care about and what matters to you. And then you, you, you build the bridge. How do you build the bridge? Keeping both of, this, both of these care in the same space as attention. Does that make, does that make sense to practice this? Okay. Are we asking questions? Are we just have a conversation or what? It's it's up to you. And okay. the thing is, a lot of us we have learned to be a great question asker. So then we can hear all about other people's context. Okay, well then you lose integrity with your own clarity and what do you want? What excites you? What you know turns you on? And hearing about other people's uh, emotional ordinary life does not. It just does not. So I, I think asking questions for you, for example, might not be the way to go. But for Carol, it might be. Something like that. Okay, mm -hmm. here we go. So about uh, three and a half minutes, four minutes, so we come back on time and, and finish. Okay, here we go. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Don't go. <laughs> here we go, this one. <laughs> in our rooms. Okay. Oh, you're missing. 
I see you. That wasn't really long enough. It was not? <laughs> no, this is for the, the rest of your life, Phyllis. The rest, <laughs> get the rest of your life to do this. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay, this is, it is time. It is time. So I'm, uh, yeah, closing the space. Thank you very much for experimenting. If you want to share uh, what you discovered, um, please put it in the chat. And otherwise, I'll see you next week. And if you want to stick around for a few minutes, uh, I'll be here for a bit. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Thank you. Aqu I, uh, Aquarius, would you Thank say? Thank you, Aquarius. Pause.